So I'm curious, what are the things that you have taken from this last year that you would never have done before that have actually turned out to be positive and have changed the shape of your future? Welcome to Lockdown Takeaways with me, Emily Hatfield. I am a women's empowerment coach. For this series, I am going to be asking people about their lockdown stories and the positive behaviours, learnings and beliefs that have come from this last year. Today I have with me a very, very special guest. She was a senior nurse in the NHS throughout the COVID pandemic. Her husband owned a very popular pizza restaurant in Bristol and 12 months on, big changes have happened. I would like to give a warm welcome to Catherine Gale, who is joining us from West Wales, deep in the thick of the woods. So there may be some uh, internet dropout. Forgive us. How are you? Thank you, Emily. I'm good, thank you. Tell me, Catherine, what I'd like to start with really is just for you to explain to everyone what your lockdown situation has been. I've worked in the NHS for 25 years. I'm a nurse consultant, so I run my own clinics. So it's a busy clinical life that I had before COVID. And alongside that, my husband had a a restaurant, so he was rather busy. And then our son, was, who's nine, was in school. So just uh, life was busy, but... um, yeah, achieving a lot, seemed to be flowing nicely uh, and we wouldn't have made any changes to our life at that stage. We were happy, we were happy with how life was. Uh, as we hit COVID 12 months ago, what happened was, as people know, the restaurant business is, had to stop. So our restaurant closed the schools closed so my son was homeschooled and my husband and I had to make a decision about well my first thought was that I would want to homeschool my son you know as a mother I would want to be at home with the family and I had to make some very difficult decisions to say well actually not only do I want to be at home I also want to be at work I want to be in the NHS with my colleagues Uh, supporting the people in our community who are struggling with COVID. And I'm a senior nurse with leadership skills that really came into their own in, in during COVID. So I was busy before, but this was a new kind of busyness. And uh, we made a decision as a family that my husband would uh, completely step away from the business uh, not try and carry on with a, a takeaways um, and and homeschool my son so that I could work the hours that I needed to do in order to fulfil my role and also what was being expected of me in stepping up into a leadership role. And how was that for the family? How did it feel? Uh, I think when you sit down with your nine-year-old and he asks you if you are going to bring COVID back into the family and that he may die was a conversation that we had. We had conversations that were, should I move out of the family home? 
should I move into a hotel? I mean, it brings it back now that I can't quite believe that we had to have these conversations, but this is, this is the emotions that were running through the decisions we were making. Um, and the decision was that I needed to look after myself. I, had, I uh, was doing everything I could to keep myself safe and that I would continue to come into the family home, but with some bridging rituals around, I brought home some equipment that I showed my son how I was keeping myself safe at work. I always changed at work so that uh, I came home and had a shower before I came up into the family space. And uh, we had a saying that when I was at work, it was um, daddy day school. And when I came home, it was mummy after school club. And I stepped into the role of mother. Uh, so I had to have very clear distinctions between home and, and work. And that's how we survived. But the consequence of that was exhaustion, overwhelm. And the weekends when I wanted to spend time with family were, were spent recovering and replenishing, reflecting, crying, I'll be honest. Anger, anger that I was away from the family. Uh, it was tough. It was really, really tough. Not as tough as other people who have lost people or had people who are unwell. It was, it's my story and my experience, but it was tough. It was tough for our family. Had anything prepared you for what you were experiencing during that, that first wave? Do you know, nothing in my clinical career had prepared me for this. I think many of us would say the same. We'd never seen anything like this. Uh, we'd never had to make the decisions we had to make. Uh, it felt uh, sometimes you were in a war zone. You didn't quite know what was going to happen. I work in a really good hospital that was uh, very responsive which helped and I was asked to um, step up and apply for a, a position which I did but what really prepared me for for this which no I won't say prepared me what allowed me to survive was that I had been investing in myself when I was my very very lowest when I had my son, when I was racked with guilt about returning to work, uh, full of anxiety about being a new mum, trying to do it all and be all, I was probably at my lowest around that time. And it was when I found coaching and mindfulness um, and really invested in myself uh, at that point, it was those skills that perhaps not all of the ones that I'd learned, I'd used and put in place, but come, you know, nine years later was what helped me survive and thrive through a really difficult time. Uh, I seeked out a, a coaching program, which was online, actually, which was um, very... Uh, which rescued me really it saved me I could do it when I wanted I could fit it around family life and work life and it was a 12-month project um of myself really investing in myself and and finding some resources and tools that could help me 
uh, along with medication for anxiety. And also, um, I did step back from my NHS role for a little while um, to recover, to replenish um, uh, before stepping back in. So uh, I took uh, a couple of years out of the NHS um, and coaching. I took a coach during that time was what really helped me. It got me back into a senior role in the NHS. Um, and I did another, you know, six years in the NHS before I made the decision to leave. And yeah. just to just to put some, um, just to clarify, that situation, you, you mentioned you were at your lowest and it was around the time you were having your son. Can you just explain to us what was happening for you around that time? I felt out of control. I felt that... I thought I was going to be somebody who would sail through getting pregnant, that somebody who was going to bloom during pregnancy and someone who was going to be a new mom who looked amazing, who could handle a, a senior role. And everything came tumbling down. I had to have fertility treatment to have my son. I had to take a huge amount of leave off while I was pregnant um, as I was at high risk of miscarriage. And I went back to work uh, at four and a half months trying to breastfeed. And I look back now and I think, God, no wonder it was tough. But at the time I didn't give myself any leeway at all. It was about pushing through, working harder, trying harder, holding it all together, holding a mask up um, and not asking for help. So I find it fascinating, actually, that that you reflect back on this time, this where you refer to it as one of your lowest times. But this is actually what gave you the resources and the strength to take you through what you then faced in this pandemic that we've been in absolutely uh in order for me to step back into uh the nhs to be working to be having a um a good relationship with my husband to be the mother i wanted to be to be the woman i wanted to be i had to look after my needs and i had to look after my needs first I had to replenish my energy when I was working hard or I'd had a rough night with my son. And I had to have these bridging rituals between, it could be the simplest thing, it could be coming in from work and washing my hands and putting on my jewellery, because you can't wear any jewellery at, at the hospital, putting on hand cream, that sort of... Um, moment where you step from the role of being uh, a senior leader to being a mother and being very present at home um, and not feeling guilty for the need to go out for a run or to do a yoga session um, or to have a lie-in um, was really important and those are the things that I had to put really, really work hard to establish during COVID to make sure that I was okay. So I could do what I needed to do at work. And then I could take over from my husband when I got home. 
Um, but also to accept that at some point during that week, I needed time to just sleep, eat, cry, rest, and that that was okay. And I'm really lucky that I've got a husband that can support me to do that and allows me the space to do that. If my husband had wanted to continue with the restaurant business, had not made the sacrifice in in uh, taking the role of homeschooling our son, uh, we would not have been in a position to make the choices that we've made uh, to survive and thrive through COVID and also to make the choices about using this as an opportunity to make some changes in our life. I mean, it's still a very brave and courageous step you took as a family. We do have choices. At times in my life, I feel I don't have a choice, but we do have choices. And I think sometimes it's very easy to stay where we are because of a fear of making the wrong decision. And actually, if we make any decision, doesn't matter what it is we can come back from it if it works out if it doesn't work out if it doesn't work out we can come back from it so we got to august and made a decision to close the restaurant because bankruptcy was not somewhere we wanted ahead and that made us think, why are we waiting to live our lives, the real life that is in keeping with our values, which are things like freedom, freedom to make a choice about how we spend our time and our energy, our family, the connection with our family and the connection with nature, and being curious about possibilities. When we're, when we're in touch with our values and what's important to us, it was very easy for us to decide that we wanted to be out of the city. We wanted to be in nature. And so we made the choice to move to a, a woodland property in West Wales, in rural West Wales, having lived in inner city. Uh, Bristol. I wish you could um, see my face because I'm grinning from ear to ear. I, I, it's one of the reasons why I asked you to be on this show because I, um, I followed you on Instagram with um, the photos that you've been posting about your new life in the woods. To see you in a place of such beauty, I mean, how does it feel? Talk us through this transition that you have gone through. I think the transition came that, you know, when I, how I chose to spend my time during COVID was in nature and just how that replenished my energy so quickly to be amongst the trees and to see nature at its best, that every moment I had as a family, we were in nature. And so we were leaving in a city to be out in nature as much as we possibly could. So we felt 
why don't we live in nature and then come back to city life as we need to um and i feel in my new life in the woods i feel calm i trust life i feel that things will work out there's a real trust it gives us the space to think about what's important to us and what we want to put our time and energy into and for me where i feel i can have the biggest impact and i can do that in the nhs as well but at a cost to myself so so now i feel moving in to a coaching remit means that i can utilize my clinical skills and expertise along with offering a women that opportunity to explore their views around the menopause because there is such a stigma it's a whisper uh, of the difficulties that women have around midlife and we quite often see that women are stepping down in their roles they're going part-time relationships are suffering there's a high rate of divorce around midlife there is uh women are twice as likely as men to be more anxious around the menopause and yet anxiety is one of the first signs of the menopause and yet we're not linking the two together. So I really feel that now is the time to move from my NHS clinics into a field where I can use that expertise, clinical expertise and coaching in combination to make a greater impact for women because it's more than just HRT, hormone replacement therapy, putting a patch on and it all goes away uh there is so much more to what i would call mastering this menopause it's very exciting catherine if i i mean i know that you and i um i mean the reason why we know each other is because our children <laughs> were at the same school and i know you know we've stood outside the school gates many a times and i i just want to ask you if i had um said to you you know a year and a half ago we're going to be having this conversation now you're going to be talking to us from the sort of middle of the woods in wales um you know everything is going to change you're going to be running your own business and and feeling really empowered by what you do yourself what would you have said no way no way that's not me you've got the wrong person and i think it is only because of covid uh that it has allowed it has pushed us to the limit that we had to make a choice whether to continue on the path i was on or whether to stop and pause and just reflect about what we really wanted out of life and and what do you think you um individually and as a family have learned about yourselves through this process um i think before i would have said that i was quite risk averse you know as a, a healthcare professional we uh 
analyze risk all the time and try and limit it. And I think I was quite fearful of change. What I know now is that to trust my instinct, to be open as a family about what we find difficult and what we would like, what we would like from our lives and our future. And why wait? The question, you know, the conversation we had was why wait until we retire to move to a beautiful part of the world and to have the life that we want? Why not do it now? Carpe diem. Mm. I wonder, I'm interested to know um, what your son thinks of this, because obviously reflecting back on what you said earlier about those really intense conversations you had to have with him about what this pandemic and COVID looked like for you as a nurse, what it meant to you as a family, and those pretty scary conversations about death and illness what do you think he has taken from this and from what he has seen from you and your husband and the choices you've made? We have, as a family, we make the choices together. So there was buy-in from all of us. So, uh, and I think that's really important. And that was particularly important around COVID and the decisions we were making then. He really didn't want the restaurant to close. He didn't want to change schools. Uh, he didn't want to move house um, and yet what we did is we brought him along the journey of discovery about what was possible what was out there so and when we first came to visit the house his we sat in the car before we made uh, any offer on the property and we asked him what his thoughts were and he said I'm all in that was his words, I'm all in. And I think when we uh, allow our children to see what the possibilities might be, um, and I think he trusts us, he feels safe. Um, he knows we have a, his best intentions at heart. And I think he could see that this was a good life for us and um, we would have more time together as a family and more time doing what we love best, which is out in nature. So can you set the scene for us with what you and your husband are doing now? Steve! You rang, my lady. <laughs> Did you hear that? <laughs> Everybody wanted to know what happened to the husband and he's here. Hi, Steve! Hi, uh... Us moving here was about us... Uh, connecting with nature and really uh, using this opportunity to look at how we could work from home um, and really making the land work for us. Uh, it's an opportunity for us to have a rethink, really, yeah. um, that we both work for ourselves. We both want to have freedom to use our, our time and energy with things that we enjoy closer to our passions mm. so and I don't think I don't think we're going to work in the classical sense of we have one job that we put 40 50 hours a week into the idea was to have lots of little projects which could generate a small amount of income for relatively little effort um, yeah. but cumulatively they make up an income that we can live on but without us having to sell our souls to 
any one particular project. Have there had to be financial compromises? Um, well, at the moment, we're not earning anything. So I, I guess, yes. But I mean, we, we, you know, we've managed to save up a buffer of money um, that will allow us to sort of survive for a reasonable amount of time. So, I mean, in that respect, you could look at it almost like a gap year in that we've sort of saved up and planned for this. And if we weren't able to generate any income for, say, a year, that would be okay. Two years might be a problem. Um, but, you know, already we're starting to sort of find little revenue streams through Kate's coaching. And um, I've sort of leasing out the brand Flower and Ash to another restaurant. So we're getting little drips of money coming in, which kind of make our savings go even further, if you know what I mean. So we just got to keep finding these extra things and making the land work for us. Um, so that eventually it's self-sustaining. What has been the scariest part of this big jump for you both um I don't know from my perspective I, I didn't really find it I mean it, it obviously is terrifying that we're making so many big changes um but a lot of those changes were happening anyway um you know with respect to the restaurant and with respect to Kate being burnt out in the NHS so I think you know irrespective those would have happened but I think just cumulatively all of those big changes meant that actually making the decision to move wasn't that hard in the end. You know, we just had to, you know, it was, a, it was more of an opportunity, I think. So whilst added together, they, you know, all of it feels like an overwhelming barrage of terror. Um, actually, when you break it down, it's not, it's not too bad. Is that fair? What your thoughts Yeah, about? absolutely. I think, I think when, when you can always think about what the risks are of a move. And of course, we did consider all of those. Um, but I think if you dwell on them, you'll never make any decision. You'll never make any change. And actually, for both of us, we felt even if this uh, turned out that it wasn't the right decision, we can go back. And therefore, it was worth us having, uh, uh, giving it a go. And I truly, instinctively felt that it was going to work out, that it was going to give us what we wanted because it was closely aligned with what we're passionate about, what we what we want out of life. Yeah, and I think some people find change really, really hard to deal with. But we've always been quite comfortable with change. You know, pretty much every 10 years we've left our careers and reinvented ourselves somewhere else, you know, whether that be London or Bristol or now now in Wales. You know, we've done we've done that quite a lot. And I think we're we're pretty comfortable with change. And yeah, I think almost the opposite is more scary, that that fear of stagnation. So, and the fear that you know it was it was that we had no choice. I think when you feel you have no choice, then that's really really scary. But I think the moment that you feel you have options, um, I think it it's worth taking that brave step and and just seeing where you end up. So knowing what you know now, with what you've been through and where you are, is there anything you would have done differently? I, for me, no, no, I think um, timing um, was out of our control, but felt like it was working on our side. Actually, once we made the decision to move, the house came up, that we were, that was the house of our dreams, it ticked all the boxes, we found a school for our son, we've got a buyer for our house. Um, 
you know, I was already doing my coaching program. It just meant that I was going to be using it in a very different way rather than using it within my role within a senior nursing role, actually going independent. So I just felt like time was aligned with what we wanted to do. Yeah, I, I'm not, yeah. I mean, everyone sort of, everyone sort of looks, you know, has that benefit of hindsight, but I don't think we've ever really kind of bought into that whole thing. Like you've only really got what's on the table to work with and you just have to kind of make the best decision you can and then sort of just, just live with it. And I don't, I don't think I regret anything or would change, wish I could go back and change anything. Perhaps time will tell, but yeah, we'll see. <laughs> and I think the other, you know, just the one last important thing I would like to say is, you know, there's, there's a very, there's a big difference between something being easy and something being, um, you know, sort of emotionally difficult. This wasn't an easy move. It's been an enormously difficult and challenging and mountainous amount of work to actually make this happen. You know, you know, and there's been times where we've been overwhelmed by it, but yeah, I think emotionally we're pretty happy with it and there's no regret. So yeah. Just didn't want anyone to think that it's been easy because <laughs> it hasn't. For you, what has been the hardest thing? You know, when you when you reflect back, I think it's just when things are outside of your control. You know, as 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 you all well know, you know, when you're buying a property, you know, it's just in the in the lap of the gods, isn't it? And it just takes so long, and you have no control over the process really. And there's there's been a million and one things like that. Mm. I think hasn't they, Kate? Where we've just you know had to relinquish control and just hope that the universe aligns and. Yeah, in this case, it, it, it did, which was good. But, you know, there's, it's been probably 12 months of slog, I would say, um, to get us here. Mm. You know, not what? all of that has been the house buying process. Yeah, but... 12 months during lockdown. Mm. Absolutely. 12 months of us trying to find a way through it, mm. really. Um, yeah, definitely. And can you just clarify for us, what are your plans for this property? We're all really, I'm, I'm really intrigued to know. Well, we're six weeks we've been here and we're still 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 exploring really and looking at potential opportunities. Um we we, we don't know. <laughs> well we do know. I mean we've got lots of ideas, but you know, Look, I don't want to sort of commit to any too much. I mean we're looking at putting some um we've had an architect round and we're looking at getting some like really cool sort of cabins built in areas of the wood that are particularly beautiful that we can rent out. Um, we've got a couple of outbuildings that we, we could do things with, whether they become a workshop or a studio space for some sort of artistic endeavor, or, um, you know, I'm not entirely sure. I mean, they could be small, a small business. You know, I've even thought about maybe a micro smokery or uh, a coffee roastery or um, anything really. I, I just feel that kind of, particularly in the food world, I'm quite comfortable in that space. And so I could do quite a lot there, mm. but I wouldn't want anything. I, I use the word micro in front of everything because I don't really want it to become a monster. You know, I kind of want it to be just a, like a, a sort of a high end cottage industry that, that doesn't really need a lot of staff or a lot of input. And I can kind of, yeah, put into it or take away from it what I want. <laughs> yeah, I think both of us feel that um, we want to work on our on our own. We want to maybe work with people, but not manage people. <laughs> so um, yeah, so everything we, we we do, it's it's a conscious choice about the direction of it, really, mm. and how big it gets. Um, so yeah, keeping things small and manageable um, just sounds yeah yeah <laughs> sounds Can easier you... to work with. I, I, I know you've got um, your Instagram page. Are you happy to share with people how they can follow the progress of what you're doing? 
Yeah, yeah. You can follow us at um, from Felon. From Felon. Fantastic. So, yeah. watch this space. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go. Nice to talk to you. Listening to this, I mean, you say that if I had said this to you a year and a half ago, you would have said, no way, that's not me. What has surprised you the most about yourself during this process? Um, the willingness to take a risk. Uh, but that ability to tune into trusting life, that it will all work out. I think definitely for me, trusting in life and believing we have choices is something that really um, I feel very strongly about. It's one of the key reasons I got into coaching to build confidence and help people to explore the choices and what it means to them. But tell me, Catherine, as we're coming to the end of this, what would you say has been the main takeaway that you have seen from this year? So the main takeaway from from this year is that I have an enormous amount of resources to hand that can help me if I allow myself to uh, replenish, ask for help, stop, pause, and recognize that I have a choice in any situation. And to take risks with that knowledge that uh, I can trust life, that it will all work out. And even if things don't work out, we can always go back to where we were, if that is what we really, really want. But that trusting in life and what life has, has planned for us uh, gives huge comfort. I, I think that this last 12 months has, is most definitely going to impact the rest of my life. It's enabled me to step up in ways that I could never have imagined and the possibilities are endless in in reaching out to women and I think that this is the path I'm meant to take. Fantastic and one question we're going to ask all our guests I'm I'm going to ask all my guests um, is what has been your favorite lockdown takeaway Obviously, as my husband had a uh, um, pizza restaurant, um, I have to say that our best takeaway is pizza. But as after we closed the restaurant, um, I'm very lucky to have had a busy chef uh, at home. So we haven't had to rely on pizza or any oh. other takeaways as much. Really? <laughs> That's what we all want, a chef at home. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you so much for being with us today. I think a lot of us will take a lot from your story and the resilience and the strength and the courage that you've shown. And thank you for being so honest with us today. And please tell us, for anyone that would be interested in getting in touch, how do people find you? So the best way of getting in contact with me, if you're on Facebook, that would be through our Flux State Facebook group. Um, so it's a private Facebook group um, that you can find on Facebook um, or LinkedIn or on Instagram. I am under Flux State um, underscore uh, Flux to Flow. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Catherine. 
Thank you, Emily. Thanks for giving me this space. It's been my pleasure.